Hello, my name is Cathy and I serve on the core team for the Beloved Ministry. As we continue to journey through Lent, I'd like to share with you some reflections on the Gospel for the second Sunday of Lent, linked to our theme of being in the world but not of the world. So in this Gospel we hear Matthew's account of the Transfiguration. So by this point in the narrative, Opposition to Jesus is growing and he goes up the mountain to pray, taking with him Peter, James and John. So I'd like to read to you this short passage. This is um, from Matthew chapter 17, verses 4 and 5. Peter spoke and said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. If you so wish, I will make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter was still speaking when a bright cloud covered them in its shadow, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, the beloved, my chosen one. Listen to him. So as I was reflecting on this short passage from that gospel, two things particularly struck me. Um, The first was the sense of the disciples wanting to stay there with Jesus and Moses and Elijah in that moment. Peter saying, it's so good to be here and wanting to put up tents so they could stay. And then secondly, There's this moment of revelation of Jesus's true identity as son when the father speaks. So Christian tradition identifies the mountain as Mount Tabor. And with Jesus, we see Moses and Elijah representing the law and the prophets from the Old Testament. And then the apostles, Peter, James and John, who with the other disciples are going to be responsible for spreading the gospel message after Jesus' death and resurrection. So I, I was thinking to myself, when they hear the Father's voice confirming Jesus' identity, would this have been a moment of clarity for them? Or would they have felt more confused than ever? and perhaps only making sense of it all after Jesus' death and resurrection. So this got me to thinking about the little Mount Tabor experiences that we may have in our own lives, those spiritual mountaintop moments where we feel especially close to Jesus and just want to stay there, and then our call to mission. So this could, for example, be during a retreat or perhaps during a time of praise and worship, just that feeling, that mountaintop feeling. And I I remember my first beloved retreat certainly falling into that category. Um, You know, at the end of the retreat, just so wanting to hang on to that feeling that I'd had over the weekend. But a couple of more recent experiences also came to mind. 
So in my parish, I'm the RCIA coordinator. Uh, For any listeners who may not be familiar with that term, RCIA, the Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults, this is the process by which adults are prepared to be received into the church. So a couple of weeks ago, we took our RCIA group for a retreat day down at Aylesford Priory in Kent. And during the afternoon, we had a time of adoration in the tiny medieval cloister chapel there. So as I walked into the chapel, it was one of those real kind of multi-sensory experiences. So you walk in and you can immediately smell the the sort of age of the building Um, And that sense that you're in this space that's been prayed in for hundreds and hundreds of years and visited by pilgrims. Um, We'd not been in there very long when a fuse blew and all the lights went out. Um, So we were left during this time of adoration with just the candlelight And there's one small window up by the altar. So the daylight was just shining in where the Blessed Sacrament was exposed, sort of illuminating it, and then the candlelight. And we were actually sitting in semi-darkness. And there was just something so beautiful, so still. And it was one of those rare moments for me when... I just lost the sense of time passing and I'd forgotten what I'd been thinking about that morning and I wasn't thinking ahead to what we were doing next in the afternoon. Um, Just one of those very precious moments when I could just be in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. So when I was thinking about these little mountaintop experiences, that certainly is a recent one for me. And then again with the RCIA group, we just very recently had the right of election at our cathedral. And the cathedral was absolutely packed with people from all over the diocese who were responding to God's call and choosing to become Catholic. And it's just such an amazing sight and the joy in that congregation. Yeah, just such an affirmation, I suppose, of my own faith. And just seeing the kind of, as I say, the joyful, smiling faces all around me, just very, very special. And again, that that sense of the power of the spirit working. Certainly for me, serving on the RCIA team is always a real joy and a blessing. And of course, these are people who've chosen to come. They've already got this desire to come to know Jesus or know him better. And I guess in that sense, they're already receptive to the gospel message. So sharing it with them to that extent is quite easy. (laughs) Um, And it's just lovely to be part of that team. Now, in my day job so to speak. (laughs) I'm a secondary school teacher, uh, not in a Catholic school and in that setting witnessing to my faith and witnessing to the good news of the gospel can sometimes be a bit more challenging. 
So over the years, I've encountered a range of reactions from colleagues, ranging from uh, sort of misunderstanding or misinformation about the teachings of the church to occasional banter, which has bordered a bit on mockery or ridicule, and very occasionally open hostility when I've come up against kind of real militant atheists in the workplace. And if I'm completely honest, I haven't always had the courage to speak up for my faith or use the opportunity to engage in a discussion. And I was thinking, why is that? You know, what what holds me back? So I suppose fear of what people may think or sometimes just not knowing the right thing to say. And worse still, I've sometimes actually joined in with the banter, a bit like Peter, I guess, an actual betrayal of Jesus. So I suppose that's part of the challenge, you know, being in the world but not of the world, Um, being accessible and willing to talk about our faith and being open and friendly. But yeah, having that courage to stand up for what we believe in. And as as I was reflecting, I thought I have noticed that as I've got older and perhaps as a result of lots of formation over the years, I think I have got a little bit braver <laughs> at speaking out. And I think I've learned, or at least I'm learning, to frame comments or conversations in a way that invites further discussion and to let go of any desire to simply win the argument. So maybe I'm battling with a bit of pride there too, I guess. So for me, I suppose the only motivation should be, you know, when I think about why do we want to share the good news? What is the motivation? So should be a genuine desire for the flourishing and well-being of the other. You know, if we truly, truly believe that Jesus is our Lord and Saviour, that's wonderful news and we, we want that for everyone, not just for ourselves. Pope Francis has said in his call to all of us to be saints, we need saints to live in the world, to sanctify the world and not to be afraid to live in the world by their presence in it. So again, those words there, not to be afraid, not to be afraid to speak up for our faith. So we need that courage, we need that security, I guess, in what we believe. The writer and the broadcaster, Father Dennis McBride, whose writings I very much enjoy, he describes the transfiguration not as a solitary event, but something that occurs many times throughout Jesus' ministry as he transfigures the broken, the wounded, the wayward. He writes that the transfiguration can be interpreted as Jesus himself growing closer to who he really is. And we all grow closer to who we really are, when we hear our name called in love.
So those words of the Father again, this is my son, the beloved, the chosen one. And when we're secure in our true identities, um, I think we're better enabled to face the challenges that life brings us and to speak with that courage and integrity and compassion and understanding. So I'd like to just close now with a, a short time of prayer. So I invite you to reflect for a moment and recall perhaps a mountaintop experience of your own. Or perhaps imagine yourself at the top of Mount Tabor with Peter and James and John. What does it feel like to be there with Jesus? And now imagine yourself having to come down from the mountain, returning to your everyday life. Do you or have you faced challenges in witnessing to your faith? And what would you ask Jesus to transfigure in you? So my beloved sisters, I pray that you hear your name called in love by your heavenly father. You are his beloved daughters. I pray that this Lent you'll be able to spend time on the mountaintop with Jesus and that you'll be transformed, transfigured by the love he pours out for you. In Jesus' name, Amen. <music>